Clean contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you. Hello and welcome to the Golf Practice Podcast. My name is Andy Hayes and with me for the fourth of Donahue's five lessons is the man himself, Peter Donahue. Peter, happy 2021. We've made it. Andy, we did make it. We're heading, uh, the days are getting longer and we're heading towards warm spring and uh, much better 2021, I think. Anything you're looking forward to in particular? Well, I think that... um Yes, I guess what I'm, I'm looking forward to is um, uh, is I feel like by the spring I've got some you know I feel like I'm going to be a pretty good athlete by the spring and I'm I'm you know I'm going to hit the ground running because you know I will have worked on some things that uh, just are you know the indoor environment is a perfect place for it and um, and I think in the spring golf wise I'm going to be good I think that. Uh, you know, I think things are going to be looking up for everybody, you know, as we move towards health yeah. uh, and opening up and that kind of thing. We know that the outdoor season, we can be open and going and having fun. It's just this indoor season that we're still going to you know, have to be creative to keep our sanity. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're almost only a few more months. We're almost there. Yeah, we are. Um, well, all right. The, your fourth lesson is... Find the sweet spot. Yeah, and the sweet spot is a you know is a very common term in golf. We all know it. It's a, you know the feeling of the sweet spot on the golf club is is one of the greatest experiences in the game. You know to hit something dead solid perfect and and instead of feeling all those vibrations down there from off center hits, you all of a sudden really flush one and you feel how this you know, goes, comes up the shaft into your arms. And it's a, it's a feeling of, uh, of, it's a feeling of excellence. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that ball striking, striking the ball solidly and then being able to, to do creative things with it, um, you know, is a, is one of the great experiences in golf. So that's the first thing that it means to me. Um, Go on. Yeah, go on. All right. The The second sweet spot is really, you know, when you're targeting. And this morning I was practicing before we, we uh, started the, the podcast. And, uh, you know, I was aiming towards the, the squares and the edges and the ropes, um, you know, against the back wall of what I call the cube or we call the driving range here. And... Um, just uh, picking up on you know the idea of t- of taking dead aim at things and uh, uh, I was starting to uh, you know to first of all I started aiming at squares and just hitting them through the windows and just finding that with my golf club was an interesting process because the first ones went off to the left and you know then I sclaffed a few to the right and then I finally found that but it was when I started aiming at the corners and aiming at just the ropes, um, you know, that, that I 
started to really have fun with it and and you know tracking the misses like if you were looking at a bullseye in a pistol shooting range or anything else there's a vertical and there's a horizontal and the joining of those two lines is dead solid perfect as mm -hmm. far as the sweet spot and it was a fun experience to find that and to um uh and to be able to accomplish it uh and just the, the process of how one does that the the difference between trying really hard and trying not hardly at all uh is a sweet spot and um and finally i, I think that the the sweet spot in um, in practice or play as we've talked about before is measured by um you know how how much experience and enjoyment you have in the performing part of it the learning part of it and and the fun yeah. part of it i read i read today that if you if you google like golf instruction or yeah golf instruction or information about golf um on google pops up like 300 million you know results or articles and then if you google information about rocket science it's like 90 million results so so, so like way way fewer than than golf so i feel that there are a lot of people who you know are looking to find the sweet spot and like chase that feeling and you know to whatever extent you know they they are um why do you think there are so many so many results you know, for this one specific thing, and and how I, I guess that's yeah, maybe that's the first question. Why, why so many? Well, I think that um, in rocket science, as a for instance, I mean, there, there's an objective. You know, we're we're trying to successfully launch something to the moon. It's not that it's or or to Mars or wherever we're yeah. going. It's not that it's not complex. It's very complex, but. It's pretty much like success is measured by do we get there and back or not. But in golf, there's all kinds of, uh, you know, there's the all the stories of all the people, you know, in the naked city. You know, there's millions of stories about, you know, what people are chasing because, um, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to uh, win the prize. And the prize, you know, could be... Uh, as it was for the knights, it could be you know the uh, the fair maiden or uh, mm -hmm. or some sort of trophy, or it could be um, you know something much more you know it could be all the extrinsic things. You could be the U.S. Open champion, you could be your club champion, you could be all that. But then there's you know also all the intrinsic things that that one gets uh, from it. So I read something the other day. I think it was Oliver Wendell Holmes that said you know it's not so much what you get uh, at the at the end of your journey, it's what you you know what you become at the end of by the end of your journey. And so, you know, I think that there's um, you know everything from being cosmetically beautiful because you know we see I see I've known plenty of people over the years that just want to look great. They want to have a great looking golf swing, and mm -hmm. you can tell because they when they see themselves on video. It's the only thing they, <laughs> they care about. about. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't like that move that I make dipping going through or something. And it's basically, it, it doesn't matter to them that it might be really functional. Mm -hmm. They don't like the look of it, you know. So, 
so there's the you know there's the appearance of things and then there's the substance the rest of, of things. It. Yeah, so much to it. Um, so for people who are, let's talk. Let's make it just about maybe like the swing itself. Who are looking to get better? Who are looking to find the sweet spot more often? For a beginner golfer, they, you know, it's just let's just imagine they're googling how you know how to get better at golf. There's going to be tons of different things that pop up or you know millions of maybe not millions but tons of different books written by famous instructors who all kind of have their own methods what are some you know some methods of instruction and training for this that you've seen are maybe unhelpful and then what are some what should people do kind of instead according to you you mean to strike the ball solidly yeah, like what's the best what's the best way to go about it? Should I, you know, get Hank Haney's book and and follow all of his positions and, you know, I'm obviously I'm leading you with this no. question, but um yeah, well, I think that the that the very first uh, you know, thing that uh one can do is um you know, you can just get a a, a stick bat or a broom handle and um and uh, and and swing it to hit something as big as a um, as a soccer ball, and uh, and uh, if you if you observe where your misses are, mm-hmm. if you're if you're hitting the ground before the ball, well then the fastest way to uh, to find the middle ground experientially is by swinging and intentionally trying to hit. The ground ahead of it. So wherever you notice that you miss, go to the opposite side of that miss. What other examples of this are like as it gets to better and better players? What would you say? So the first thing you have like you're hitting the, either the ground or you're yeah. missing the ground. Okay, what's yeah. say someone can hit now they have good contact. What's what comes next? Well, then they then I think that they would uh, start to hit off of uh, compromised balanced positions. Uh, they would start to hit off one leg. Um, and you know, f- struggle through the challenges of how you create a swing motion and stay balanced over over something as precarious as one leg. Um, you know, I think that that experience of of uh, you know figuring out what it takes is worth all the lectures or all the books that you could ever possibly read. How, how could you possibly read something on the subject of balance? that would have a greater impact beyond your your own experience of it. Mm-hmm. And, and it is that experience that you need, and in both legs, you know, because the legs aren't the same. So you, you always want to explore your sides hmm. uh, in any of these subjects. You know, Stan Utley, I remember, uh, you know, in putting, uh, began uh, his, uh, his lessons with, um, let me see you hit that putt with your right hand. Let me see you hit it with your left hand. And he would observe what sort of uh, ideas and coordination were being expressed in the, uh, in the movements. And then he would, he would make sure that, that you, uh, you got some experience, different sort of experience in those movements, so that you could uh, begin to be really in tune and in touch with your body and mind learning and experiencing how you can do things differently and there and also better because the more you do these things and exercise these things 
the better you become. That's the wonderful thing about exercise. It just uh, it keeps moving you up. So you say it's more it's more about exploring things for yourself than copying a model. Or then, yes, then would how say. would you integrate like a model? Because at some point, you know, you might. I mean, you've been teaching golf for lots of years. You you've taught positions, I would imagine, before. Yes, I've taught positions, and I've you know I've taught you know that uh, the most important things were uh, the things like how you grip and how you stand. Um, and I think those things are important, but you can go immediately to orthodoxy and start teaching somebody a pattern motion mm-hmm. that we can find. I mean, uh, the U.S. Kids offers, you know, uh, their m- model of things, and you can follow it along in their book, and it starts with gripping with the thumbs down the shaft and, um, you know, and, and standing in a certain way that the that the arms are in a, in a V shape and then a Y shape with the shaft on the end and the ball is in the center and the feet are about shoulder width apart. And, um, you know, you can, you can start with these things, but, uh, you can also just start with, Hey, let's, uh, let's hit it and see how you hit it. You know, where, where are your feet? Where, you know, uh, are they way behind the ball? Are they, are they way far away from the ball? Are they? Let's look at at that. And most of the time, of course, we, we don't look at it. We don't know. We can't. We couldn't. If somebody asked us how we do what we do, you have a hell of a time trying to describe it because we don't know. We just do what we do. Like, what do you mean? Well, um, you know, how do you um, how do you hit it? Hmm. Well, I just you know, I just hit it. You know, I, I, I want something, I do it, I just do it. I don't know how I do it. Um, you know, do your hips move before your arms in the downswing? I don't know. Huh. You know, but you want to uh, throw a wrench in somebody's uh, business, ask them to pay attention to that if they've never paid attention mm. to it before. It takes, there's a learning curve involved in it. But the process of starting to reveal to people uh, movement Mm-hmm. And their movement it doesn't need to be complex. It can be, need. It's like uh, um, uh, Simon says. You know, Simon says stand on one leg. Simon says, you know, feel the weight uh, from your toe to heel. Simon says feel the weight from side to side. Uh, you know, um, and then you just ask questions going from there. Like, well, what's your weight doing? Does it favor? The outside or the inside? Does it go this way or that way? And yeah. So would you say that, you know, that, I mean, it's not U.S. kids the only one who does this, and they even probably offer more flexibility in this than others of, like, teaching. If you have someone focusing, you know, on getting the grip right, and you just keep hammering it over their head, that if that person is now playing golf by, like, thinking the way to hit a shot is by having a good grip, and then now they, like, can't hit it that well is that where like some interference would, would well, come I in well i think when things do become you know interference uh is it is it wrong to um you know to have people uh take a you know a specific form and learn from that form because you know all exercise is is you know is based on uh 
on things about form that really have to do with function. So how do you how do you lead somebody into that? Do you just dictate to them that this is the way the the V of the thumbs goes on the shaft or this is the way the, the shaft is held in the palm um, uh, and and just dictate that to them so that so that uh, they can figure it out on their own. I mean, that's the way I was taught to play golf. Uh, I was taught to learn certain strict forms that at hip high, the toe, uh, when you swung back, the toe was up in the air, and when you swung through, the toe was up in the air. Now, um, you know that was a those were two like benchmarks that I could easily see, and. Um, was that a bad thing to swing that way rather than to just have me, you know, swing back and forth like a tail wagging and uh, or start me off with uh, slap shots with a hockey stick so that I, you know, started to feel the, 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 the square position, you know, of the big faced club and started to learn that, oh, that was, you know, that was the prerequisite, you know, was to come through and hit the ball straight. So what would the face have to look like? Uh, you know, one, uh, you know, what's, what's better? Um, you know, I think it's, it, uh, it really, pro it really depends, I think, upon the, um, the sense of, if, if some people come in and are already experienced and somewhat uh, skillful at swinging a club, uh, there are certain things that, uh, as a matter of where, uh, I think it was Jim Hardy, who we watched him recently in one of our coaching meetings, and Hardy said, you know, uh, better athletes don't need, you know, can get a, uh, get away without what we would call orthodoxy in their form because they they intuitively understand, you know, the mm -hmm. key key aspects of of things. But lesser athletes, and that includes inexperienced athletes, need a form, um, you know, to. Uh, to follow to give them some sort of a structure and reliability so specifically uh, you know having them find their way to a grip that um, you know I prefer that one thumb goes on one side and one thumb goes on the other side mm -hmm. you know I mean I like that better than ever starting with your thumb down, down the, the shaft sure. uh, but um, you know, but but in order to do that, you have to provide the student with some some exercises or some games where they they would uh, use that whipping action or ex or explore the idea of, of gripping something with the the thumb opposed to the fingers, mm -hmm. not on the not same on side. It, yeah. yeah, I had a student I've been working with who's you know fifth grade, but he's like very very good. Um, not because of me, but because he started good before he saw me. Um, but we like started to work on like club face, uh, uh, you know, control, be able to hit it to the right, be able to close it. And on track, man, it's like, okay, so look, that number is plus five. So that means, you know, it's open. Okay. The next one's, you know, minus two, that means closed. And so now they're starting to think through, okay, open, close. And 
they've they've gotten too stuck too stuck on it. So I think I gave them like too much information of like. So then we're now we're practicing warming up and hit a pretty good shot, but it's like plus three open. Like oh, it's open, and now they're like worried about that so much. And it's like no, that was like that was good. Um, and then we try to like control it. It's like okay, uh, you know, by going on track, man, like having some trouble controlling it and making it open closed whatever it's like too much thoughts in the head so then we like the next lesson went to the driving range you know our cube here and i just have them from the same spot with their feet in the same place hit it to you know high left high middle high right and they can do it excellent low left low middle low right like a very 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 advanced thing to do that they yeah. can do like no problem when it's just hit that thing but when it <laughs> becomes like track man is telling me all these things about angle of attack and everything it it like it messed them up a little bit well it's 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 and that's that's the art that's the dance that's the the art that's the dance uh that you have to learn to do with yourself as a student Mm -hmm. that's the sweet spot and then with your students the same thing because you know you had uh an intention with the track man, you thought, you know, there's a good chance that there's a cool game in here. Mm-hmm. And the only time you know whether it is a good game is when you see how <laughs> your student reacts yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. And then you dance. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, because uh, I know that there was a young man, uh, you know, year some years back that one of our coaches had who um, uh, the young man was uh, autistic and uh, – and he was a challenge for, for a lot of our instructors to work with. And uh, but this this one instructor uh, asked him some questions and learned that this this young man just is fascinated with mathematical things, with geometry and with numbers. And so he would have been your ideal yeah. student the other day because he would have jumped right into his interest and played with that fully. But your guy um, got to. He got too too much, you know. He was overloaded, uh, worrisome, and so he got into. He wasn't in the sweet spot of experience that um, Sixteen Mahalia refers to as flow or optimal experience, because the task he saw as being too great for the skill bag that he had, and so you were better. You know, taking them, and this is where you know where I've gone myself is like, I don't take pictures of myself hardly ever anymore because I'm just I want to, I want to uh, rely on the, the proprioceptions and the kinematic perceptions that I have, and then I want to see where the ball goes, and um, so less. You mean less about like vi- video and stuff? Less technical stuff. Yeah. My sweet spot is where you took your student yeah. the other day. You know, into um, exploring with things to this to that. Yeah, I mean that's what Michael Hebron says the same thing that video is not. It doesn't create long. T- you know, trying to match something perfectly doesn't isn't that helpful. You know, over a long, long period of time. No, it's just you know you the problems that you run into, or that you know I've run into over the years, is when you know the students become fascinated with that stuff and uh, and feel mm-hmm. that the game is yeah. to match the screen, and uh, and then you you can't you can't get them away from it because mm-hmm. that becomes the thing that 
that they secretly want all, all the yeah. time. Yeah. And if they if what they're looking for is to look good, then sure. Yeah, he he also talked about this study with I think it was first with doctors, but then they did it with golf teachers of like when new technology something a new technology comes out people think it's cool technology and so they you know they buy it and implement it but then they start using it and and then they start using it and like relying on it whereas like they didn't necessarily have the need for that at first like they only something along the lines of like they only start using it because like they have it and it's cool rather than like here's a problem and we need like this for the solution and so the the yeah. video, he's like, he, the, what you're just saying is what he said happens to lots of people. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know, we were talking, I was talking to a guy the other day, uh, and there's a company that, that's out in the health kind of market, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we all, a lot of us have their their little vibrating guns. What, who are they? Oh, like Theragun or... Well, ther- yeah, I know what you're talking about. Jansen yeah. started it, and then yeah. then I got one, and uh, and um, so they're out there swinging in the world uh, on the edge of things, but they're making products that um, that are like somewhat dubious. <laughs> I mean, they they made one that I I looked at the other day, which you can put your and and, what, and the reason I looked at it was because one of our students that was working with one of our instructors the other day, I asked him, hey, did you get any cool Christmas presents? And he said, I got these things that you can, you know, uh, athletes can put in their, their, put their legs and feet down them and hold them up, and they're compression things. Mm. They go up and they compress, and they, so they, their claims are reducing swelling, you know, getting, draining your lymph nodes, and I mean, (laughs) everything. Okay. But, you know, is this... Science is this really to your point? Is yeah. this really going to be well? We don't know yet because yeah. the science doesn't really tell us. Uh, so yeah, I think you know all the shiny things that that uh, that excite us. I mean, Alex, you know, just got uh, two new guitars, custom guitars, the other day in the mail, and so I mean, he's just thrilled with it. And it's just like golfers buying new drivers and new irons. Yeah. I mean, it's thrilling. <laughs> Um, I also read recently that uh, in the last thirty years, like the average golf handicap hasn't changed. You know, that's that's not. been pretty consistent in in the golf business since I've been here. I don't know where that comes from, uh, but you know, I think that it uh, that it would surprise me because I think that uh, I think instruction has been better and i think the kids that have come up and been trained in these new they've got to be better golfers than than uh you know than let's say the generation that i grew up in there's more good athletes and there's more better instruction i think so i don't know how that how that gets measured but it's interesting and it doesn't surprise me from the standpoint of well how many people do you know that that do something that makes significant lasting change in the way they behave in their lives. Yeah, not, I mean. Yeah, who lives that deliberately? Oh. I mean, you know, I know some people because some of the people, you know, come here. How many people really want to uh, commit to getting better at some some discipline, some mm-hmm. sport? Um, you know, they come to places like ours, so we know who they are, but there's not that you know they're not filling the world yet yeah you would 
I guess especially in the last, you know, even last 10, 20 years of like new drivers that have been invented, like launch monitors, trackmen become much more, you know, widely used. Yeah, it was surprising when I read it recently too, because it would make sense from like 1950 to 1970 that it stayed, you know, for whatever reason, didn't change a whole lot, but it seems like there have been so many new things that it's like, wow, it's going to make learning golf a lot easier. And I want, yeah. well, so I, I guess maybe I'm getting at is like, is there something, you know, maybe as we're talking about, maybe it's people have st- like relied, as new technology has come, people have maybe relied too much on it, like vi- trying to find the perfect swing on video that actually hasn't helped them get better. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, I would say the sweet spot as far as like optimal experience is concerned regards challenge and struggle mm-hmm. the problem uh, is that we we uh, few of us embrace struggle and the value of it um, you know that that really that is the but that is the key to optim to have our having optimal experiences which mean experiences where we feel more energized and more engaged than we we do in in our normal what we'd call normal life uh to be able to have those experiences the only way to do it is through struggles through taking on a challenge that's right there in your sweet spot it's 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 going to require all of your skills to accomplish it but you but you can accomplish it and you know, and from for from my standpoint, that means that you're you're leading yourself on in the games that you're playing in your practice, that become more increasingly demanding, and you don't need to make them ridiculously demanding. That's the mistake of a perfectionist, um, is to you know set that thing out there, you know, so far and to. Um, it doesn't mean that it can't be out there a long way, but your reaction to to missing it or your discouragement level because, you know, you can only do it one time in a hundred is like, well, you need to make that. If that discourages you, then you need to make that target big enough that you can do it enough times that you'll be energized by it. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, TrackMan has just come out with a new bullseye software. And, and you know, that's the notion yeah. is like, hey, if you can hit the squirrel's eye at 100 yards, then fine. But, you know, yes, I uh, <laughs> something as big as a basketball would be pretty good, too. I played that game because you guys sent us or Chris sent us the it's like there's a new game on TrackMan and, it you know, it's like a tar- there's a bullseye on a green. And so we play and like. I did it last night in a lesson, and we chose one of the courses, and it was called, I can't remember what the name, you know, some, it's a fictional course, and then it, like, loads up, so it's, like, a black screen for a bit, and then it comes up, and it's literally a, a Wild West setting. We're in, like, a saloon. There's dust, there's there's tumbleweeds going by in a train circling the target, and my student was like, why is there a train? I said, I don't know, but... It's a lot of fun. So it's, were you trying to hit it through the boxcar door? No, no, that would have. So, I mean, we should turn this podcast off and patent that <laughs> idea ourselves. But um, you know, don't let TrackMan listen to this. But that would be a that'd be also a good game, good game to play. Um, okay, Pete. Anything else? Uh, sweet spot. Um, 
I have. Oh, I guess I have a question that I wrote down. I think this was from a previous podcast, but it's still here in my notes. You might as well ask it here anyway. Um, I listened to it's either a podcast or a video of of David McClay Kidd, who you know the golf course architect who did Bandon Dunes, and they're t- he's talking about Bandon Dunes, and he said that lots of pros or he had this call from a, a professional player who did who said he didn't like the course and he's like why didn't you like it and he's like well i didn't he said i didn't miss a shot all day and i shot three over par because he he you know like it bounced into some bunk and so david mcclay is like his response like well you didn't you didn't play that good like to if that was was your thing and the reason I wrote that down is because it's come up in, you know, some of these other podcasts of like, it seems like even like the professionals are, are, are like missing something. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, I think that, uh, I think that's why it's, it's great to read and to listen to, you know, golf course architects because golf is a game of skill and luck. You know, I mean, there's a magic to it that I think, uh, you know, uh, is referred to in, uh, referred to, it's all about uh, golf in the kingdom, and that's true gravity. You know, how can your energies of, of concentration, of vision, of possibilities, of will, uh, you know, cr- bl- blend with the external energies of the wind and the land and the rain and, and uh, the cold and produce, uh, you know, an outcome, um, and sometimes you know you can say, "Oh, that was bad luck," or that was just like my true, you know, your your level <laughs> of true gravity. You know, your aura was mm-hmm. was not quite as bright that time. You weren't really you. You got distracted by something, mm-hmm. and that's the the fun of, um, you know, of just practicing here in the cube or practicing in your basement against the the basement wall, is like. There are these, you have a desire, you create the shot in your mind, and then you make the shot. And, uh, and you, when you're done and you reflect on it, the first reflection is, well, did I do what I created or did I get distracted by something? And, um, or, was, or what? Or was it just unlucky? You know, I hit, I hit the thing, I hit where I wanted to, but I didn't have enough information about the target. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, I came up short. I thought the target was someplace that it wasn't really. I was deceived by the architect and his cleverness. Mm-hmm. Um, it, if you fail in the moment, it just means that you need more, you need, you need to learn more. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where golf steers you. You know, it's like I would say I would agree with Kid absolutely. Yeah, and I th- it's a I think and part of it was he was you know it was a similar you know American criticism of Link's golf of like it's unfair or and he said he designed that course on purpose to be like that because he believes that's what golf is is supposed to be. And so when, when he said people need you know they they see an outcome and they need to get better. Most people's default outcome is like I need to get better at you know my swing and getting my my track man number is better or more consistent as opposed to, I don't know. I think there's some, there's so much more to it of, of 
that even that finding your sweet spot could have to do with with creativity or how you react to bad bad breaks or how you you know think and see your way around um i think that's why i kind of i like this lesson because i it, it starts with the sweets you know a sweet your thought of what a sweet spot is of hitting the good shot but i think there's a lot you're seeing there's a lot more to it oh yeah there's oh, there's a lot more to it i mean there's everything to it this is like uh, uh, the title of the dalai lama's book the universe in a atom you know i mean it truly uh is looking it's just a way to look at the game uh and to look at the games that make you better that that make you become more skillful your skillfulness is know-how and so you, you know what you need to learn as when you come into the game is how to solve the challenges and if the first challenge is solid contact you need to learn a pattern of sol- of solving solid contact and then you need to learn a pattern of cha- challenging solid contact so that th- that you now transcend uh, you know the the strict uh, fundamentals of how to and you start to creatively explore yourself in a way that takes you into your unconscious mm-hmm. so you know you're not controlling your balance with your consciousness you know the, <laughs> the the best way to screw up somebody's breathing is to ask them to really focus on it <laughs> sure. you know we breathe best when we're focused on something else when we're really engaged in something we go into our most efficient breathing patterns and so you know you're always trying to tease stuff out of yourself by really trying your guts out on the one hand and then like sliding over the spectrum to the other side of like you know not even looking at what you're swinging at Mm. and seeing what's really there in your consciousness because you know I think you know one of the if we continued to have talked earlier about solid contact, you know, you'd go to a one-legged position or balancing on a BOSU ball to hitting it, doing that with your eyes closed. So that, because it's really what's in your mind's eye. Sure. And if Mm. you can't get to that place, well, then you're, the reason is you're too filled up with word noise going on in your head and you need to learn the, the mental skill through meditation exercises of, shutting that damn voice up <laughs> as Galway, you know, in our original conversations about this observed, it's just, you know, the ego has in the, that part of our brain that has a voice a lot of times just believes that it wants to believe that it's in charge. And those parts of you that are, you know, skeletal and which to me is a plant uh, you know, it's just a tree uh, and animal. Um, you know, it has certain uh, sensory skills and muscular coordination skills. And then ultimately, you know, higher forms of intelligence and spirituality. I mean, you can play the game from any of those places. Yeah. Uh, but it's more fun as you ascend, <laughs> as your target becomes more specific, uh-huh. as your sweet spot becomes more interesting. Yeah. Well, all right, Pete. Thank you very much. We'll see you for next time. Lesson number five, move towards ease. Clean contact. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along,